Welcome to All Access Coaches Corner, where our mission is to serve coaches, share their stories, and spotlight their programs with our host, Brian Burton. A longtime successful college basketball coach, former championship collegiate point guard, husband, and father, Brian is now the vice president of Rising Coaches, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Alliance for Men's Basketball, an empowerment coach and founder of B3 Legacy Sports and the All Access Network sports broadcaster and host for All Access Coaches Corner and All Access Sports Media, Coach Burton is now using his successes, experiences, and connections to be a point guard in the sports industry at all levels with a mission to help others to further their success. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and join us in the All Access Coaches Corner. Today we sit down with Texas Tech men's basketball assistant, Yurik Malagy. He has built a reputation as a tireless worker, an elite of the elite recruiter, and a great basketball mind. He is nationally respected as one of the top assistants in college basketball. Malagy was recognized by not only ESPN's 40 Under 40, but also the Athletics 40 Under 40 list of rising stars following his first season at Texas Tech. If you only knew our story, Someone I started in the industry with, uh, someone who was from the DFW Metroplex, similar to myself, and no one better to fit the spot than opening our first podcast than him. Come join us. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Yeah, welcome everyone. Uh, Excited to have you here for our first uh, recorded All Access Coaches Corner podcast. Uh, extremely excited. I wanted to start it off. I called him and said, I want you to be our first guest. I honored that he said yes. So we got Coach Malagy here from Texas Tech. I'll let him introduce himself real quick and tell us who is Coach Malagy. Well, no, Brian, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, this is you know definitely an honor. Um, I'm entering my second year at Texas Tech. Um, gotten a chance to you know, enjoy a, a, a a long ride to me, but some think it's been pretty short. I guess it's been, you know, 14, 15 year career now at various stops around the state of Texas. Uh, most recently at Texas A&M prior to coming here and then you know, spend a short stint at, at SMU, uh, University of Houston, Stephen F. Austin. And then I got my start at the University of Texas. So, um, but very, very excited to be uh, here at Texas Tech and blessed to you know, work with what I think is one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. That's well proven and excited that you're with them. Uh, it fits. You know, you definitely have a major tour around Texas and uh, definitely at a stop. I feel like you're going to be until you're a head coach, my personal opinion. I can say that. Um, so obviously I know you from DFW. We're both from Dallas. I graduated high school in the north. I played the east. You graduated uh, a little more Arlington, uh, Bowie. So we want to represent Bowie. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what Dallas means to you. I mean, I know obviously it's becoming a hotter, hotter, hotter and hotter spot for 
NBA players are just a hotbed for talent, period. And it's been a big part of your career as far as recruiting and being someone from there. And I know you started on the grassroots with the Dallas Mustang. Uh, we were both grassroots guys, but I would love to tell you to tell us what you what that place means to you. Tell us about your DFW kind of background and, and just share anything about Dallas that makes that a special place to you. Well, in, in terms of basketball, man, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth is home for me. Uh, it's been so many people there, high school coaches, uh, AU coaches, um, trainers, just, you know, basketball juggernaut, so to speak, that have have impacted my career um, and my life. You know, just, you know, so many mentors that I've, you know, been blessed to, you know, obtain over the years. Um, but originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, I moved to Arlington when I was 14 years old. Uh, I went to Arlington Bowie High School. Um Got a chance to coach AAU basketball uh, during the time that I was a head manager at Howard University in Washington, D.C. I, I would come back uh, during the school year uh, and coach AAU uh, during, during my undergraduate years. So that's where I started. And I was fortunate, you know, to to be able to um, land my first job, you know, at the age of 21 there at University of Texas at Arlington with Scott Cross, who was a good friend of mine and mentor. Um, but it's just been so many great players uh, that I've been blessed to be a part of recruiting that come out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, and that have been instrumental in a lot of the teams that, you know, I've been on coaching staffs where we've enjoyed postseason success. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you touched on all of that. Dallas is, is home. Uh, you know, my mom and family still live there. My brother's a Mustang. I'm, I was a Mustang at one point in time, so we all kind of Mustang family. Uh, so, no, definitely uh, the whole city's proud of you, man. We we definitely all excited for you and what you're doing. And we want to continue to be able to hold you down. So that's why I wanted you to be first. It's only right to pay homage to the crib. So uh, you touched on Howard, you know, HBCU. Um, I don't want to say it's necessarily a, a cool thing right now, but it's definitely becoming more recognized, getting more credit. Um, we have our, our five started shows you know, to go to HBCU. So HBU has has its own movement and its own recognition of strength and power. So if you don't mind, just touch on what made you go to that route for college and just what that kind of means to you as well. Yeah, so, you know, I, um, you know, I uh, was a National Honor Society in high school. Um, uh, and, and I know my coaching staff and probably some of my players don't believe that, um, but you know, I, I I did you know finish cum laude and, and you, know, you gotta let them know, coach. You gotta let them know. <laughs> but no, I, I wanted to go to a school. I, you know, I was attracted to Howard University because of the renowned alumni list. Um, you know, it's great represent, uh, reputation as a university, um, and I was just excited uh, to be a part of you know, uh, for lack of better words, black excellence. Um, there was you know so many people. Um, from the political world um, to the entertainment world, uh, I thought it would be a place that you know I could you know be able to network, and I you know I, th I thought I hit that out the park. Um, I was fortunate to find my wife at Howard University. She's from Dallas as well, from Oak Cliff, the Pink Apartments. Uh, she went to Hacker Day, um, you know, private school in Dallas. Yeah, has an unbelievable reputation and she's the first doctor on either side of the family. She it's not currently practicing right now, but she worked at MD Anderson, um, which is, you know, one of the, arguably the best cancer research hospital in the world. 
Um, and so um, very proud of her as well. And she's been a great support system for, for me. But a lot of friends that, you know, came out of Howard. I, I, I was at Howard with Lance Gross, famous actor. Uh, he attended Howard during my time. Antoine Bethay, who was a multi-year pro bowler. Uh, so it was pretty cool to see, you know, see a lot of guys. Uh, A.J. Ross, uh, now that, that works uh, as a, as a sideline reporter, I believe, for Fox or CBS uh, in terms of football, NFL football. So just so many people that went there and, and uh, had dreams a lot like me. Um, and, and to see everybody that you, you know, or a lot of people that you went to school with kind of fulfill their dreams. Um was great, man. It's just so much history at all these HBCUs to, to see a lot of the kids and families now kind of recognize that. Um, you know, I hate that it took so long, but, you know, I think it's still a pretty cool thing, you know, better late than never. So, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And and you're now one of those people that, that they're celebrating as a proud alumni and somebody they're proud of and somebody the next generation is looking up to saying, man, I want to be like coach. So, credit to you. Salute to you on that. Touched on uh, your significant other, your wife, and the accomplishments she's had. And I know she's your ride or die. And I know how much family is important to you, having you know, really gotten to know you over my career. And so I'm curious, if you don't mind sharing with us some of your inspiration from your father. I know um, he's, he's watching down on you from heaven now and your guardian angel. But I'm curious, his inspiration and kind of the things he sold in you that you still carry with you. Oh, man. Well... Uh, a lot, you know, uh, my dad and I, you know, we didn't, we didn't start off um, always on a great foot. You know, I actually resented my dad a lot, you know, growing up, you know, I thought he was really hard on me, uh, too tough, you know, not, not as supportive athletically, you know, um, you know, made sure I had A's and B's um, and, you know, he exposed me to, you know, hard work. And, you know, I had a, my first job at the age of 14, 15 years old, and, you know, he, but at the end of the day, you know, my dad and I, you know, I think when I was in college, I think I was a uh, sophomore in college. He was diagnosed with cancer. And that's kind of, you know, when you hear the word cancer is something that, um, you know, you think, you know, man, it's, it's coming to an end. And my mom had, you know, a real conversation with me in terms of being able to make things right with my father. And, you know, I was I'm so glad that I did, you know, um, you know, he became my biggest fan. Uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the reasons why I, I, all, uh, all a lot of my jobs have been in the state of Texas is because my dad loved to come to those games. Um, mm-hmm. That's dope. He, um, you know, he battled prostate cancer. Um, he had, um, he was a triple amputee. He had diabetes really bad. He had um, stage four kidney disease. He had a rare muscle disease that like 2% of the country had. Uh, but he, we, were, we became best friends. Um, and, you know, he was a guy that never complained. Um, and he's the toughest man that I know. He embodied four to one, you know, as yeah. what we believe here, you know, true mental toughness here that Coach Beard preaches to our players. So I actually have his, uh, my dad, you know, passed away of cardiac arrest. The first thing that I did is I rushed and I grabbed his prosthetic legs and my mom and my wife were like, man, what are you doing? And uh, you know, I, I right away, man, I had, you know, these, this idea of being able to, to keep those. So I have his prosthetic legs in my office mm. um, and I have some Texas Tech, you know, Under Armour shoes, black and red, because I know that's what he, he always bugged me for gear. And but I have those in there just to remind me and the players that come here, is, you know, it could always be worse. My dad was a guy that thought that the glass was always, you know, half full and not half empty. 
Um, and he was just so thankful for life and the fact that he could, you know, see and, you know, spend and laugh, and, you know, and talk on the phone. And he was the first phone call that I made every morning. So I know he's definitely, you know, with not just with me, but with all of his family and friends and, and uh, you know, smiling down every day, just trying to make him proud. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. I'm sure the players, you get the chance to go back down memory lane when you, when they see that and they come to the office, that, that's a cool thing. That's a definitely a cool thing. You get to talk about that four to one and grant them even more and talk about that uh, that optimism. That's awesome. Well, Brian, you know, what's funny is, you know, everybody walks in and they see my prosthetic legs like on top of my, my display here and they like, they come around the office, they go come around my desk like, you know what I mean? Like, good? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we start getting into it and it's like, oh man, man, my bad. Cause I, I didn't even know, you know, yeah. but, no, nah, that's pretty cool. That's an awesome way to honor him, though. I, I I love that idea, that concept. I've never heard of something quite like that. But you hear about a lot of things in coaches' offices, but I've never heard of something quite like that. And that's a cool way to just segue to them getting to know you better, yeah. you want some vulnerability, and then you getting to honor your dad. Man, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so that's kind of the first quarter, Coach, your background. We're going to switch to second quarter and just go kind of behind the curtain. So just tell us your career journey. You talked about some of the places you've been, but – however you want to categorize it or tell us or kind of sum it up. Uh, you touched on it some, but just your career journey, how you got to Texas Tech, how you got into coaching, what made you do it, what, how did you navigate through the way, just whatever you want to share. Got it. Okay, well, I, I've got a, <laughs> an interesting journey. Um, at the age of 15, I knew I wanted to coach. Um, I actually created my own AAU team following my senior year in high school at Arlington Bowie. We were called Team Arlington Select. And uh, we were playing in the DeSoto Spring League. At that time, was you know a pretty popular league. Um, and had, you know, uh, we had went undefeated. And some of the parents were like, "Man, you're, why don't you keep this team together and maybe add a couple pieces from Arlington and Mansfield?" And um, make a long story short, we did. We ended up having about three or four Division One players on that team. Um, and I worked my very first camp in the summer. Um, in between my freshman and sophomore year at Howard University at TCU. And uh, Marcus Sloan, who actually uh, does some scouting in Houston now, does a great yeah. job, um, was my roommate. He was a senior at TCU during, during that time. And uh, this is my very first camp working for Neil Darty. I met Albert Johnson and Tony Johnson during that camp. Yeah. Uh, make a long story short, I merged my team with the Dallas Mustangs. Um, got a chance to start off uh, with the 2007 group um, when they were 1,500 kids and worked that worked my way up each summer. So that was a great, great uh, experience for me. I was also a head manager at Howard University. I didn't get a chance to become, you know, or complete uh, my senior year as a head manager because the rules changed uh, in the NCAA and I couldn't, you know, be, a, you know, affiliated with an AAU program, but also be with a Division I team. So... You know, at my, my last summer, man, those guys, Anthony Randolph, the Waylon Roberts, a lot of those top guys, man, you know, I think we had, I don't know, I hate rankings, but at the time, I think we had like eight or nine top 150 guys in the country. Uh, and Anthony Randolph was an All-American. Uh, and obviously, he was a one and done at LSU. Uh, but I had been with that group for so long, man, I just felt like I needed to finish it out with them. In the summers, man, my dad worked for American Airlines, uh, so I would fly in the summers, uh, back at work camp. And my senior year, I actually took all of my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and so 
Um, I actually would fly out Fridays out of D.C., fly back to Dallas, watch high school games on Friday, um, maybe catch some games Saturday, do some workouts during the day, uh, conduct workouts on Sundays, you know, and then go back Monday uh, to school, uh, take all, you know, six or seven classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Wednesday was a, a big time study day for me. So, um, but that was a sacrifice that, you know, I was able to willing to do, but blessed that my dad was a supervisor for American Airlines. So I got a chance to f- travel for free back to the com- camps every summer, man. I would get it literally map out, you know, 10 or 11 camps that I wanted to work. And, you know, I mean, you know, I go three or four days here then look and see what the next camp would be. And I'll have the managers or ask the managers to, wash my clothes and I'll pack my bags and go to the next spot. And, you know, all kinds of stories would circulate about me taking one camp check and paying for the next. And, yeah. you know, but uh, that was the way I broke in. And uh, at Howard, because, you know, we didn't have as many people as we do at a, like a Texas Tech, you know, as a head manager, I was able to do a lot of different things from video, um, you know, coordinated responsibilities to helping to run camps and, you know, um, just a lot of the, the day-to-day, you know, deals, you know, recruiting on campus and that kind of thing. So um, it allowed me uh, to be able to um, transition right into a Division One assistant coaching role right away. Uh, Scott Cross was a guy that promised me that when he got a head job, he would hire me. I thought he was crazy. He was 30. He was the youngest Division One coach in the country. He's hiring the youngest coach in the country. I thought he was out of his mind. Um, he promised me that, you know, I, I promised him I would stay for 10 years. He just wanted two and I left in eight months. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, left after one season at UTA, um, was, was, you know, blessed to be on the staff that kind of put together the team that ended up winning an NCAA tournament for the first time in school history at UTA, um, went to Stephen F. Austin. Uh, we want, we want. We won the lead two years in a row, uh, went to the NIT for the first time in school history, um, and also the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. In those three years, I think we were 73 and, I don't know, 21 or something like that. We did a lot of winning. Uh, and I was fortunate to get the University of Houston job. I uh, was on the staff that we, we were um, a part of recruiting Daniel House. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, Joe Young, all these guys played in the NBA. Daniel House was the first All-American since Foslam and Jamma. Um, and so, you know, I was only, you know, able to work at Houston for two years and I got a chance to come back home to Larry Brown, uh, who was arguably, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, really shaped me as, a, as you know, it's when I first started thinking, okay, I'm going to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought we kind of resurrected that program from the dead. Um, and, you know, we, we got a chance to do some really great things. You know, we're fortunate to attract some some players that went on and I was still playing in the NBA. Um, and, you know, selling out the arenas just really changed the culture um, and, and the perception of SMU basketball there. Uh, spent the year working with John Lucas uh, as his national scouting director. Um, that was a very fun experience for me. Uh, we were run, running camps fifth grade all the way to 12th grade. And a lot of the kids that, you know, I have been able to be a part of recruiting at Texas Tech and also Texas A&M, you know, so a lot of those relationships started uh, during that time. So it was just like a blessing in disguise, uh, you know, being at that time with Coach Lucas, who's one of the best skill training guys ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mind is incredible. 
Um, and so just to be able to work with some of those elite athletes uh, on the boys and girls side and then also some of the NBA players was a pretty cool experience. And then, you know, I was fortunate to get a job with Billy Kennedy. Um, and obviously, we, we took a ride to, to the Sweet 16 uh, in my three years there. Um, and then, you know, now I'm in my second year uh, here at Texas Tech. And, you know, I, I like our team. I like our coaching staff. I love our head coach and this university and administration, everything. I mean, it's just been perfect. So, city of Lubbock has been way better than people thought. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> better than but they thought. They, at least it's been better than they told me it was going to be. Yeah. I think a lot of people are surprised when they get out here to Lubbock, man. But the people out here have been unbelievable um, and, and been very welcoming to my wife and I. And they love it. And you got to love that. They love it. Anytime you're the biggest show in town and they love it, you can't ask for much more as a coach. That's what you dream for. So, no, I love your story, Coach. Obviously, I've, been, I've known you since – the very beginning, for the most part, I didn't know you maybe when you were at Howard, but you were in Mustang's assistance when I met you. So I have watched you the whole time and, and obviously shared some of the same, um, you know, gyms as you go recruiting in and, and, yeah. and all that good stuff. So nothing but respect for the reputation you built, man, and what you've done with your career. So there's a lot of ways to do it. And, and um, I'm curious for you to share whatever you feel comfortable sharing, but how did you com competitively separate you know, and build such a powerful momentum for your career so early uh, in the climb the way you did. You know, uh, the extra, not just the winning, but the brand and the reputation. Because I know it's easy to say, well, we won. So obviously touch on that because that's part of it. Because some people think that's not a part of it. But also just whatever you feel comfortable sharing, how, did, how were you able to build such a personal momentum for your career and what you did and, and, you know, without, you know how it is. It, sometimes it can be, look at me, look at me. And I never thought you were necessarily a look at me guy, but I thought you did a great job of strategically making sure you put yourself in a position where you could navigate in the rooms you want to navigate. Your name was known with a good reputation with it. Um, I thought you did a great job with media and guys like that scout that knew who you were. Um, so there, there's, a, there's a plan, you know, and I think you probably aligned yourself with some other people that you knew also were similar to you as far as their rise. So just tell us whatever you feel comfortable, whatever makes sense. But how were you able to competitively separate? Because it's such a competitive business and you did such a great job rising so fast in your career. Oh, that's a, that's a compact question. Yeah, it's a lot. That's and a and you, you've been recognized twice uh, at 40 and the 40, which – a hundred million percent well-deserved from not only ESPN, but also from stadium this last week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, exciting news for you, but I know you're not doing it for that, but I know that goes to your reputation that I'm talking about. I'm sure when you were 20, you were in the 20 under 20. <laughs> when you were 30, you were in the 30 under 30, but you've done just such a great job of that part. So just share whatever makes sense. Yeah. I don't know about that, Brian, but I, I, I will say this. Um, I think that, it all boils down to relationships. You know, my grandmother used to always tell me, you know, you're be careful the feet you step on today because they may be connected to that, but you got to kiss tomorrow. And I used to be like, grandma, what do you mean by that? And she just be like, well, just keep living, just keep living. And there's so many stories of just treating people the right way, treating people the way you want to be treated and for nothing in return. And these individuals, man, <laughs> like it's just I mean I got stories from every stop along the way it's just it's like mind-blowing um so 
And I don't think I'm, you know, working harder than anybody else or, you know, if I'm smarter than anybody else. But I, I think that, you know, I, I just I'm intentional about being genuine. And uh, I think I try to pride myself in being a truth teller um, and just try, treating people the right way. Um, following up, you know, a lot of times in recruiting, you know, coaches, you know, they'll spend years, you know, recruiting, you know, a kid, you know, and, and you've talked to that AAU coach or high school coach or both and, you know, that that trainer for all these years. And all of a sudden you don't get the kid, but then, you know, you, you know, you, you go ghost. You know, I think I try to do it, you know, it's hard because the Texas Tech, we got a lot going on every day, man. Coach Beard, he works just pretty good. We got a lot of projects always going on. But, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, call people when I don't need anything. You know, I think uh, in this business, man, is, you know, um, yeah, it's a lot of phonies, but I think a lot of people only call when they need something. And, you know, I think that it's so, and, 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 you know, and it's, I don't know. I just try to be genuine, man. Um, and then the other thing is, man, I think you have to connect yourself with winners. Um, I've never been scared to take jobs for coaches that were going to push me. In fact, that's always, you know, wanted me, you know, that's pushed me to that school. Mm-hmm. So before I, I took the job at UTA, I actually accepted a GA position with Bobby Knight. And Chris Beard was an assistant during that time. And uh, I was fortunate to be able to get that, you know, that opportunity. Um, and then obviously, you know, Coach Beard and others told me, hey, you know, this is a no-brainer, man. You got a chance to be a Division One assistant. You don't need to be a GA because you'll be trying to be, a, you know, that, a Southland assistant in two years, you know, when you come here. But it never bothered me to, to, to be pushed and challenged by Coach Bobby Knight. Like, I'm like, man, he's the, he's the best. Like, that's, you know, I love to be held accountable. That's why I married my wife. Like, she's a truth teller. Like, you know, I, I want I, all my friends, they hold me accountable. You know, I don't like having yes men around me, you know. Um, I don't think the guys that kiss butt, you know, you don't prosper. Uh, good friend, Jarence Howie's always tell me that, you know, and I believe it, you know. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, I wanted to, you know, Danny Casper, when I worked for him, you know, people talked about how challenging it was going to be, but I, I felt like he made me better. Um, and, and I'm very appreciative of that. Larry Brown, same thing, you know. Um, and then now, you know, working for Chris Beard, you know, I, you know, I wake up every day trying to, uh, you know, exceed expectations. Um, and, you know, I, I try to every day try to wake up and find, you know, different edges where I can separate myself. I've actually been reading about Kobe Bryant, you know, and trying to figure out this Mamba mentality. Yeah. You know, and, and you, know, you listen to Kobe talk. You know, uh, people say, man, you know, like, man, why, why do you get up at, you know, 435, 530 every morning? Like, you know, I don't need an alarm clock. You know, it's like my dreams wake me up. You know, it's like I feel like everybody else is going to get up at 839 o'clock. So this is the perfect time for me to, you know, watch close game situations on YouTube with me and my board, you know, and, mm-hmm. and put myself in that mind frame of a 30 second timeout. It's one play It's four point seconds left on the clock. What you got, your what you got, you know right. what I mean? And right. so right. it's those reps. It's just like the kids shooting in the gym that nobody sees. You know, it's those times I get a chance to pray. It's those times I get a chance to read a couple chapters. Those times I get a chance to listen to, you know, a podcast that can separate me. And right. then I show up to work. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody else. But I've already got, you know, two hour jump on you. You know right. what I mean? So I just feel like, you know, a lot of that Mamba mentality, I'm trying to adapt that to myself and. Um, just trying to, you know, find nuances. I've always tried to do that, though. 
Yeah. Um, and 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 so uh, always looking for that 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 edge. And fortunate to work for a head coach, man. That that you can never, uh, you know, you never can quite reach his his expectations. He's always raising that bar, which is a blessing, and ultimately makes everybody around him better. You know. Right. So. Right. And I think you kind of touched on it when you were back at Howard. I mean, you were a, a student and you were a manager, but you were finding ways to think about your dream and you carried yourself uh, with a certain sense of like, I'm bigger than maybe where I already am. And I'm already putting in, you had a different confidence, like players who put in the time in the gym, you just put more time into your crab, whether it was knowing who's who on the, on just the Dallas recruiting scene, or just the Dallas player scene or uh, whatever it may be, I think you've always kind of had a presence about like, like this moment. It, I, I'm thinking bigger than this moment. I'm thinking bigger than right now. I'm thinking about yeah. where I want to get to, and I think that's the beauty of it. It's, it's cool to see and hear you share that because I think you've always had that. I think you've always kind of like when some people just go to the event and they watch the games, and it's like your wheels were always turning about what was next instead of some people kind of wanted to unplug. And I think there's a different type of passion that you've had because you knew where you wanted to go and what you want to do. That's just my personal, but as you share it, it makes sense. Well, I'll tell you this, B, I, I've always wanted to know everybody, you know, I, you know since I was a kid, my, my aunt, my auntie used to call me Mr. Busy. So I just want, I wanted to know all the high major players, mid major players, low major players, but I never have ever thought about my next job, if that makes sense. Like my feet have always been where my feet were. Right. And my current job was always my dream job. And I sold out to that. I did everything right right now. I'm going to do, I don't care about being a head coach. Do I want to be a head coach? Yeah, I know I'm going to be a head coach. But my thing is at the end of the day, right now, I can't, concern, I mean, when God's time is going, it's going to take care of itself. Right. right now, I wake up every day driven to help Texas Tech win a national championship and yep. win a Big 12 championship. And that's, that's all that's on my mind. You right. know, is I want to be able to do everything I could do every day to, to do my part to help us do that. Right. You know, and to help these guys achieve their dreams, you know, individually, yep. you know, in the process. So that that's, that's you know, that's what drives me. The other thing is, you know, I think a lot of guys in our business aren't intentional about the jobs they take. You know, so what I mean by that. So I, I took the job at Texas A&M um, because I knew Billy Kennedy was a head coach in the Southland, the league that I had been a part of winning a couple of championships. He didn't he wasn't a big time college player. You know, he was a, a student assistant at, at New Orleans. He right. was an AAU coach, had a similar background. Right. You know, yeah. Did they win? Of course. But I was I was driven to his background. So I wanted to see what made him good and what made him confident. Same thing with Chris Beard. People think I just wanted to come to Texas Tech because they just played a national championship game. No, Chris Beard played in Irvin High School. I played high school basketball at Arlington, Texas. Right. You know what I mean? Now, he, we argue who was a better high school player. I think I was personally. He was a head manager, student assistant at University of Texas. Well, so was I. Well, if he could be the national coach of the year, well, what, 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 how, did, how did he do it? What does he do every day? Right. You know, and so that that experience for me and having that type of, you know, um, I think purpose on why I want to get this job as opposed right. to just taking a job because it's a, in a high major job. Right. But understanding why you know, it goes back to that student athlete talked about going for school for all the right reasons. You know, that's that's that I've been blessed to 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 
you know, um, seek out certain opportunities. And, and God has blessed me with those opportunities to, you know, to that they've come true, you know, for me. So, and I just try to make the best of that opportunity. Yeah, and I think you touched on it too, Coach. You, you've definitely been a person who's uh, been locked in where you are. But I think because you're so pass, you've been so passionate about where you are, and you've been such a connector. You've always been thinking steps ahead at the same time. It's like I'm good where I'm at, but I'm laying out a, a blueprint and a and a. I'm sowing the seeds that are going to reap favor for me down the line. I don't know when, and I may not know where, but it's coming. And it's the same thing you just said right now. But, but Brian, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as I'm interviewing you, you're interviewing me. And right. like at a young age, I realized that every time I walked out the house, every time I talked to a coach on the phone, every time I talked to any, like you just never know. Right. You know what I mean? And you just never know. So I always tried to carry myself a certain way, the way I wanted to be perceived. I understand first impression is lasting. And I got that at a young age. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I don't I don't I think the the genuineness of just helping the person that's in front of me right. with no anticipation that down the road they may pay it for like you know what i'm saying like right, it's right. been crazy like, i didn't know chris beard was gonna be the national coach of the year like i right, wasn't right. you know i thought he did the best job recruiting Dwayne roberts you know right. what i'm saying like i didn't think man hey you know man I'm, I'm i'm gonna help you know coach beard get him and then when he gets the job at texas tech he's yeah, i know i don't you know think, what i mean i don't think you ever thought that yeah. but i think the way you carried yourself was so confident like i'm i'm great as a mustang coach but I got division one coming. You knew that because yeah, of how you yeah. carried yourself. And then when you were at UT Arlington, I'm not looking for the next job. I'm going to be great as a Mav, but I got bigger things than just here. And that's more so what I meant is you've always had a sense of foresight to say, I'm great where I'm at, but I'm also looking ahead in a sense of I'm sowing great seeds with the person in front of me. And I don't know how that's going to play out, but it's going to play out. And that's more so what I mean. I think the same thing you said about being a head coach, it's coming. You know it's coming. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Now I can lock in where I'm at and I can be great every step along the way. And I think uh, I think you've mastered that in a sense of always being on, always being kind of in an interview mode of where you're interviewing and you you know you're getting interviewed, but it's genuine. It's not like you're trying to put on something else because yeah. – who you are all the time and I think that's part of what's paid off is sometimes we turn off the off switch let's be honest most people they're not thinking the same way of big picture like that so I think that's been a great asset of yours and still is you know what I mean because you're talking about getting up doing film breaking things down figuring out your 30 second play like that's not something that every assistant many are but not everyone's doing that not everyone's trying to figure out how to think about the next move so so salute to you on that so you talked about Texas Tech a little bit we'll Make it brief, quick halftime. Um, Chris Beard, what makes what's two or three things that makes him elite? Oh man, uh, I, can't. I know there's I know there's like four. Yeah, it's too many. Yeah, it's too many. To me. um, he's just an everyday guy, man. You know, um, you know, I, Brian. I think you have programs out there. You know, coaches been talking to our guys. You know, recently about expectations. You know. Um, you have programs out there that we all know free throws are important. All right. Mm -hmm. So just stay with me on this. Yep. You have some guys that, you know, they don't require you to make any free throws out the practice. You know, you break the huddle and that's it. You know, guys go to practice. If you want to stay out there and shoot, you can. You have some guys that say, hey, look, you know, before everybody leaves today, it'd be good, you know, for 
guys to make 10 free throws before you leave. Mm-hmm. And you have some guys that say, hey, you know, hey, guys, let's see if we can make 10 in a row before you leave. Well, Chris Beard is the head coach to say, hey, guys, push yourself, man. Let's see if we can get 10 swishes in a row before you leave. So now it's no goofing around. Guys are shooting on their own, volunteering, right? They're bought into this idea of locking into their routine, trying to see if they can make 10 swishes in a row, not missing short, concentrating on their routine. You know what I mean? Yep. So now expectations, you know, go through. And I think expectations are everything in life. You know, um, I think he's one that that he's a developer of people, um, not just of of uh, players, but of everybody that's around him. He's real. He's a relationship coach. I think he's the best relationship coach in the country. Um, his relationships are real. He pours into people. He speaks, you know, um, the, the, the words, the power of words, I think, are, are, are everything. And he's mastered that. Um, he sees greatness in people. He has the ability to empower, you know, uh, the players, the coaches staff to do the things that, that they do best. He surrounds himself with elite people. He knows that he's elite. He puts a lot of time into it, man. I doubt, you know, I, it may be a head coach working as hard, but ain't nobody working harder than him. You right. know, in terms of relationships, the basketball piece, watching film, you know, uh, preparing for practice, our game prep, you know, scout reports. I mean, everything is next level. You know, the relationships with the students. I mean, we sell out at Texas Tech, bro. Like, that's never, you know what I mean? Like, we have the largest student section in the country, man. Like, I mean, it's, he's involved with everything. And, uh, you know, academics, I mean, he's at 100% graduation rate. So it's like, it's really hard to 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 to, to pinpoint uh, just a couple of things. I just think he's he's elite uh, at everything. And I, I ultimately, man, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I was blessed uh, during my time at Abilene Christian to see him work at uh, McMurray, which is in the same city. So was at practice, was at games, he was at ours. And uh, incredible motor. Incredible teacher, unbelievable attention to detail. Uh, his passion for the game—you can't really, you can't really emulate that. He, he has he's a, addicted. He's addicted, man. He's, he's, he's definitely, he's definitely on a different level when it comes to it, and it comes out when it comes time for the, the players. And he has a way of speaking to players that makes them believe a whole different part of them exists that they didn't know. And it's not because he's saying you can do it, but it's the way he talks to them, the way he connects, and, and he just. He, he's definitely a star in our profession for a reason and, and not because of the glamour and glitter or the flash because he's a Juco dude. He's a he's he's a dude that's self-made, but I just love everything he's built there. It's, it's who he is, and Texas Tech is just the perfect spot. So uh, it makes so much sense to me. I was excited for you when you got on with him because, like you said, going from Arlington, going from Irving High School, like the, the stories are so similar. So you'll be doing some similar things when you get your shot. I'm curious, two things. One thing that makes Texas Tech, you talked about a little bit with the people, but what makes Lubbock and Texas Tech as a school special and what makes the program special, if you had to say just one thing of each? Well, I would say the people are so welcoming, um, just so, you know, genuine and down to earth. Um, it's a blue collar type mentality here. Um, you know, I've been in some situations where, you know, it was uh, very, you know, elitist type attitude, you know, and, and the people here, man, you can't tell, you know, the janitors from the millionaires, you know, and so um, it's fun to be around from that standpoint. Um, the, the program, you know, what Coach Beard and Coach Adams and this program, the rest of the coaching staff have been able to to build here at Texas Tech, 
has just been unbelievable. Um, and just to be in a program where, you know, Coach Beard now is, you know, we're one of, you know, Jemise Ramsey. If he's fortunate enough to be a first-round pick, which we expect uh, when the draft happens next month, man, I mean, we'll be one of three teams to have a first-round pick the last three years, us, Duke, and Kentucky. I don't yeah. think anybody would have expected that yeah. uh, when Coach Beard came to town. He's 60, 67 and four, something like that, you know, home record. And, uh, no, 64 and seven. I'm sorry, 64 and seven. Uh, the last four years uh, doing his tenure here at Tech, which is incredible. Uh, we got one of the best home court atmospheres in the country. Um, but just, you know, just our culture, man. You know, our culture separates us. Uh, we got one of the largest coaching staffs in the country. Um, and, you know, the emphasis on developing players, um, you know, I just think it's something that's, that, that truly separates us uh, from a lot of teams in the country. Yeah, no doubt. Well said, Coach. And, and just to piggyback what you said on the culture, what's one thing I know there's, you know, you can't tell all the, you can't get a secret sauce out, I know that, but what's one thing uh, other than four is the one uh, that just kind of makes just the culture so special, if you had to say one thing? Um, again, it's it's so hard to, to, to uh, you know, I think this, 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 the sense of no entitlement, you know, um, you know, from the head coach all the way down to our last manager, you know, just the, you know, no entitlement culture, uh, no excuse culture. Um, and I, I think it's it's one of those, you know, Coach Beard has built this thing where we defend the culture, you know, every day, all, all the things that are important to us on and off the floor. Um, the guys know that it's real. Sometimes you hear this word culture and it, a lot of fluff kind of creeps in. Right, right. Um, but man, it, it's something that we we defend every day. And then when we're really good, like I think we got a chance to be this year, you know, we have some veteran guys that have been through the wars that understand the culture right. that kind of set the tone for for the new guys and and uh they help defend that culture as well. So um you know I, I think that uh people that that know about Texas Tech basketball that come watch us practice, that see us play. They know that our culture is real and it's one of the travels. It's, it's no different. Um, we're the same Texas Tech, whether we're up 20 or we're down 20. Um, and so and I think that's when you know you have a real culture when it can, when it can travel. Absolutely. And I think to credit staff also, when you can have the same culture year in and year out, you know, mm-hmm. you can have freshmen come in like Zaire Smith and be able to have the success he had and then follow it. Two years later, obviously you had uh, Culver in the middle. He was a yeah. sophomore, uh, and then you have you know a freshman come in. Those guys don't know anything about the culture, but for them to come in and even the group you have returning this year, you have a ton of freshmen back and a lot of young guys back to be able to have the same culture after going to the national championship game and then coming back with all these new pups and having that culture is an amazingly impressive thing, uh, and it's a sign of true culture. So, and I know this year will be even more special because you have more players that have been around and have been a part of it and that fabric is in them now. And so now they can help pay it forward. So now it's really scary for the opponents. I hope so. I hope so, man. We, we, uh, we think we got a pretty special team. We've been working really hard. Uh, we play in arguably the best league in college basketball. Um, still finalizing our schedule, but we'll, we'll, we'll push ourselves. We'll play a pretty competitive schedule. So, but I think our guys are ready. You know, I think they'll be ready. I should say, um, you know, we're just trying to 
gel and work on that chemistry every day. You know, we've embodied this word uncomfortable. Um, it's kind of our theme uh, word of the year. And, you know, just trying to embrace the idea of being comfortable, being uncomfortable yep. um, as a team and as individuals, uh, just so we can, you know, continue to grow, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, the only, only only great things come when you get uncomfortable because then you get out of your comfort zone and you grow. So if you already have great players, you take them to higher greatness. So I love it. So let's go third quarter, the scouting report. This is kind of a fun round. We're just going to go through some words and you got to be on the hot seat about yourself. So oh. tell us about Eric uh, Malagy, the recruiter. Uh, you know, so, so many people, you know, think I, I get caught up in trying to recruit four and five star guys, but I really, I, I, I enjoy recruiting the four and five star guys before they become four and five star guys. If that makes any sense, it makes you know, sense. Um, I enjoy the evaluation piece of it more than the recruiting part of it, um, and I'm fortunate that you know I feel like I can do both at a, at a pretty elite level. I've been around some great mentors that have helped me, but. Um, just genuine, genuine, real. Uh, gonna come through on everything that I said. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna. I'm gonna promise less and deliver more in that process. That's good. Um, and you are gonna put some fear in some other people when you come in the room. You can say that. <laughs> nobody. Nobody's worried. Nobody's you worried about to, little old me. You don't have to say that. I can say. No, nobody's uh, worried about little old me. So t- tell us, uh, the high seat, the practice coach. Oh man, I got. <laughs> Uh, energetic, uh, fiery, prepared, um, uh, accountability myself and, and the players, um, committed to winning, um, and then try to have some fun, man. You know, try to have some fun with the guys too. Yeah. Just try to be every, you know, I I would like to think I'm an everyday guy. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Tell a few jokes on the side before practice, even, you know, kind of got to bust them up. Yeah, yeah, have some fun with it, man. Let's smell the roses a little bit. Um, the relationship builder. Genuine, um, you know, authentic, you know. And you know, I, I tell these kids, man, when, when you come to, you know, wherever school I'm, you know, I've been a part of recruiting guys, man, we're, we're hooked at the hip forever. Um, you know, my wife and I, we, we go to weddings. You know, we had baby Christians, we had graduations, we had, I mean, all type of events, man. Um, you know, we're calling, you know, former players on holidays and they're doing the same. So just genuine, man. You know, I, I, I don't take it lightly, man, with when families, you know, trust me and, and our coaching staff uh, with their babies. Because at the end of the day, they will always be their babies no matter how big they get. So yeah. um, just want to, you know, pride myself in trying to deliver on, on what what I said and our staff said we're going to do in recruiting. Just want to, you know, do my part. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, two more in the hot seat, then we'll let you cool off. Two more. Yep. Um, the game day coach. Uh, man, loose, listening to music, uh, getting prepared. Uh, you know, I like to, I got a playlist that I like to listen to and kind of have fun. I, then I have my, you know, my, my, my little prayer time, my, you know, quiet meditating time. Uh, I don't really take naps, but man, really locked in and focused and excited. Cause I know that, you know, we've done everything we can to prepare for the win mm-hmm. and uh, confident, 
That's another one. You know, just extremely confident on game day. Just, you know, ready to live with the results. Confident because you know you put in the work. I love it. Uh, so last one, what's, what's what you would describe as an aspect of yourself that most people don't get to see? You know, I think it, the easy part would say, man, you know, you know, so many p- people talk about my ability to recruit and evaluate. Um, I like to think that if you if you talk to the people that I work with, uh, our players, the managers, I, I think people would tell you I'm a lot better coach than people know. Uh, I think that's the easy thing to say. But I think the part that people don't know is just, um, you know, I'm a man of God, man. I'm not perfect, uh, but my faith is unwavering. I got moving mountain faith. I got radical faith. Um, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, you know, unapologetic about that. So, um, and then I, you know, I love my family. I love my mom, my sisters, my nieces, um, and just love spending time with them. I FaceTime with them, you know, three, four times a day. Um, my wife, my, my, my mother-in-law, my, my even, even my father-in-law. So, and my family means everything to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That might be my favorite answer so far. I love it. <laughs> Big time. So we're going to go fourth quarter. So you're starting five plus your oh. sixth man that you've coached. In oh. college. Man, you guys don't count. And I know you no, might hurt your feelings. No. But you got you to give me I'll tell you this. I can give you one. I can, I, and may, everybody could get mad. I just told Matt McClung this the other day. There is a difference between NBA prospects and then you know, elite level college players. And sometimes it works out where, you know, that elite level college player is also a big time NBA prospect, um, which, you know, that's that's the case we feel with, with Matt McClung. But, you know, it's uh, he was asking me the other day, he's like, man, coach, who, who, who is the best player you've ever coached and in college? And I said, well, we're not talking the most talented, you know, we're talking, you know, the best player. And when I think about that, it's like, you know, when I pull up to any arena, you know, you know, it is coach, you know, you, you pull up to that arena and that bus, you know, that bus goes, and they got the beat, you know, headphones and now the AirPods now, you know, and they walk out and it's like, man, like this dude about to put us on his back. Like he ain't going to let us lose tonight. Right. And, uh, you know, just the guy that you knew was just going to compete every night, you know, Nick Moore, would have to be at the top of that list for me. You know, he's a two-time All-American. He is definitely my first pick. You know, if I had to go back in all the years that I've coached a kid in college, um, you know, he 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 would be up there. Another one would be Josh Alexander, Stephen F. Austin, man. Uh, player of the year, yeah. underdog, both Nick Moore and him. You know, you know, not really highly recruited coming out of high school chip on his shoulders, overachieved. I hate to say overachieved because they achieved what they knew they yeah. to do, you know. Other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, other people thought they overachieved. Right. Um, but just fierce competitors, man. You yeah. know, those two would be at the top. I I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been fortunate to coach some really good ones, man, over the years, man. So... But those two will be at the top of the list. For sure. we'll, we'll let you pass with those two, Coach. I won't, I won't press you on that one. That's good. That's good. Uh, you talked about that bus going down. Let's talk about favorite venue to play in that you've coached in, not not counting a home court. So you can't say any place that you've worked. But outside of Texas Tech. Outside of Texas Tech. Or any place you've worked. Or, or Moody. Moody was pretty good, too. Back that can really do it. Uh, I would say 
the top two that I've experienced would be definitely Kansas. Um, Allen Fieldhouse is special. Um, it's one of those, you know, venues that, you know, you got to check off the bucket list. You know, a lot like, you know, uh, coming here to the USA and love it, you know, um, but a great environment. Um, and then also I would say Gonzaga, you know, yeah. uh, Gonzaga reminded me a lot of uh, Moody Coliseum where they had a smaller arena, but everybody was packed on top of it. I have not got a chance to play uh, in Cameron Indoor or some of these other, you know, places uh, that have, you know, great, you know, great, you know, home court advantages. So, um, but those are the two that I've experienced. There's a lot of great venues right. out there. All of the teams in the Big 12 had great venues. So I don't want anybody to this <laughs> and, you know, be on, on bullet, you know. On, <laughs> you don't want to be, you don't want to be on, on, the, on the scouting reports, man. Right. So Jerry didn't think our venues is pretty good. But no, those are probably two of the best of us. What's, what's, uh, what's your favorite victory that comes to mind? I would say a couple. One, you know, the championship game um, at in, in the Southland Conference championship game uh, when we went to the tournament for the first time in school history. Yep. Um, I thought that was a, a special, a special win. Obviously, just for for what it meant for our team, uh, but for the city of Nacogdoches, for the school of Stephen F. The history, yeah, the history piece of it. I also. You know, uh, going to my first Sweet 16 at Texas A&M, I grew up a Carolina fan. Uh, so to be able to beat North Carolina, and we beat them pretty convincingly, um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, which was home for me, um, and it was before my dad passed. So my dad actually, he's a diehard Carolina fan, but I told you he's my biggest fan too. So my dad watched the game with a Texas A&M basketball shirt on in the Carolina hat. So. <laughs> but I had a lot of family there that had uh, Carolina shirts and they, you know, I had to bring them some Texas A&M sweatshirts. And, uh, but that was, that was a, that was a, that was a pretty cool moment too, you know, just yeah. to be able to, to win that game. We had to look, you know, we were clicking on all summers that day. So sure. first, first time that Carolina had lost in the state of Carolina too in, in the NCAA tournament. So that was big. Uh, too. Yeah. Another history. Yeah. Historic wins. I love it. What's what's your favorite obstacle you've overcome? I got one more win, coach. Okay, got you. Go ahead. We we beat Louisville this year. Uh, first time we had ever beat a number, number one, one team. Right? Yeah, number yeah. one team in the country. My first time ever beating a number one team in the country. And we did it without uh Jemias Ramsey. Yes, you did. Um and Avery Benson is one of my favorite players Man. of all time. You know, <laughs> you know, he came in and had a special, special night. And uh No, did it at Madison Square Garden. That was a that was a pretty special one too. Yeah, all all historic wins, so it's only fitting. Um, Yeah, it doesn't have to be long, Coach. What's what's a favorite obstacle you've overcome? It can be quick. Um, I have so many of them, um, but I'm thankful for them. You know, I wouldn't change anything. They 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 build you who you are. Um, You know, I'm still getting over the the obstacle of losing my father. um definitely proud of, you know, the way that, you know, family, friends, uh, mentors have helped me to navigate through, um, you know, getting through a, a, a crazy NCAA investigation. Um, and so fortunate, you know, to, to, to be coaching today um, after, you know, a lot of people would have, you know, quit 
you know, right. and, and been mad at the business. Uh, but I understand it's a business, you know, and right. so um not mad at anybody that, you know, you know, part of that investigation. You know, I think it happened for a reason. And ultimately, Brian, man, it, it you know, it made me, you know, have one of the, the, the greatest victory uh, for me, which was on June, you know, 2000, I guess it was June 20th, 2015, I was baptized. Um, and I was at a time at SMU that, you know, I probably was a little worldly. Um, and, you know, to be able to, to rededicate my life to God and get, have a close relationship with him and, um, refine some relationships with my wife and my family and, uh, the whole nine has just been, it's been, it's been special for me. Yeah. Game changer. It's a, it's the real championship right there. I Absolutely. Actually- I actually got baptized a uh, similar scenario, um, but it's not about me, but I got baptized a year ago in June. June Congratulations. 16th. That's big time. June 16th. So, yeah, so no doubt. Uh, definitely uh, I can relate to that. Um, pre-game meal and pre-game song, what, what's your what's your favorites? Oh, man, I got so many pre-games. I told you I got a playlist, man. Yeah, so, yeah. A little bit of everything on there. Um Right now, probably you know, uh, sleep when you die, two chains. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, riding all my life, Nipsey Hussle's got to be in that rotation. Oh, yeah, um, Shout out to Nipsey. Uh, man, so many, man. Dude, that's good. What, what would you say? Yeah. Pre meal, man, whatever the players are eating. You know, I'm not, I'm not you don't have, a I don't have like no special routine. Now, when I work with Brett Tanner, who you work with, that yeah, 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 he was superstitious. So we would go to Soloski's, uh, <laughs> before every home game. I think we only lost like one game at home, though. Yeah, it worked yeah, out, so it worked out. So, and, yeah, but I haven't found that. Spot. And Evelyn Christian, too, he, they just went to the I tournament. I probably need to get back to that. I probably need to get back to Soloski. Uh, do you have any favorite game day rituals? Um, just listening to music, meditate. I enjoy the whole. I'm kind of weird, man. So I like, I, you know, I got a routine. You know, I, I get up. You know, I like to pray. Maybe read a chapter or two. You know, yeah. um, listen to my music. I'll have time where, and I'm not saying not necessarily go to sleep, but just kind of meditate and spend some time to myself and. Maybe, you know, 45 minutes before it's time for us to, as coaches to be in the locker room. I like to try to get a quick workout in and just run. Yeah. You know, listen to some more of the playlist, kind of get myself going. Um, when it's my scout, I like to listen to my playlist again some more. Right, right. You know, have my AirPods in. And, 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 uh, playlist is key. You almost yeah, like yeah, yeah. Playlist is every, my playlist is everything, man. If you don't follow me on Apple Music, you're losing. Yeah, I love, I, love you know, it. I, I uh <laughs> You know, you know, writing, you know, I, I kind of have a couple pins that I write with, you know, uh, on the board, scouting reports and that kind of thing before the game. It's kind of kind of my little deal. Yeah, good, good. So we got three more of these favorites. So uh, favorite person to call when something great happens, just not your wife. We know you're going to call your wife. We know when your dad was around, you was going to call him. So somebody else. And then who's your favorite coach to study that's not on the staff that you are on? It's okay. good. Um, Those two, and then I'll give you the last one. My person that I call is is my my best friend, Ray Ray Jackson, who you know. He coached yep. with the Dallas Mustangs. Yeah. Um, 
It's my big brother. Um, and then I would say it's multiple coaches that I like to study, but, you know, um, I would say Conzo Martin at Missouri. Right. Um, just got a lot of respect for him, the way he carries himself, the way he runs his programs. And, um, and then also, you know, I would, I would say Leonard Hamilton, you know, would be in that mix as well, you know, current coaches. Um, but just been doing a lot of homework on past coaches, you know, Eddie Robinson was a football coach for Grandma. Yeah, Grandma. Um, and then obviously the late, you know, uh, John Thompson, uh, yeah. Georgetown as well. Yeah, all legends. First class, top shelf. Uh, past and present, who's two people you take to dinner and why? Any, any genre, any space in life, who you taking to dinner and why? Um, I, I would want to take Jesus. I was, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I was hoping you would say that. I would, would want to take Jesus, man. I love it. Um, I love it. That's a big time one. You know, for obvious reasons. You know, yeah, you're going to drop the mic on that. You and then, um, I would, I would like to talk to um, Dr. Martin Luther King, yeah, um, yep. and just you know, it's the respect, you know, starting at such an early age and and being courageous enough to to stand up um, for what was right, what he believed was right, in yep. such a powerful way, um, and you know, just the good and the bad. I, I just love to be able to to sit down and listen to his stories and, uh, on, on, and I would also like to see what else he would have, you know, wanted to do. Right. You know, if he was allowed the opportunity. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Very good. Very good. Love it, coach. You're killing it right now. Uh, so we're going to go lightning round overtime then we're done. Okay. <laughs> lightning, lightning rounds fun. So one thing you only get to pick one. I know you can pick a million from each of these coaches that you've worked for that you would take when you become a head coach, right? So Terry Brown's first. What's one thing you take? Woo! Again, so hard. Uh, hiring elite people around you. Uh, holding players and staff accountable. Um, truth telling. That's tell. good. Okay, so Scott Cross. Elite recruiter. Relationship builder. Um, you know, relationship coach as well. Yep. Tony Johnson. Tony Johnson is who those that don't know, he is the best evaluator I've ever been around. There you go. He's yeah. he is he is the CEO and brains behind the Dallas Mustangs. He's yeah. the father. Just his genuineness, uh, his care for and love for his players. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that separates him and makes him who he is today. Yep. And we both work for him. One of the best ever. Uh, Billy Kennedy. His faith. You know, uh, another big reason I went there, you know, he he, he challenged me to elite people read. Um, and uh, he was just an unbelievable CEO. His demeanor, man, he never got too high, never got too low. Um, you know, so those 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 would probably be two, definitely two things that I would I would take away from him. That's good. John Lucas. His energy, uh, his attention to detail in terms of player development being able to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, again, a truth teller, man. Right. Um, blunt truth teller. Blunt. Blunt, <laughs> blunt truth teller. Yeah. But just this passion, man. Right. Being meant about making players better, you know. Right. What about uh, the last one, Chris Beard? Our culture, our, our, from A to Z, man. I'm, I'm still in everything. Yeah. Um, you know, just too much to name, man. I just, his passion, his energy, um, the discipline, um, 
attention to detail, the the expectations, the environment that's created every day. I miss all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of Hall of Famers. We just named all coaches that you've worked for. So definitely looking forward to you having a chance to be at the helm of a program. So this is the fun part. Over time, we're talking about you as a head coach, which I'm speaking life into. You've already spoken. When God wants it to happen, it'll happen. And you're definitely sowing the seed. So uh, what will a university get when they get you as a head coach? Just someone that's, one, first going to represent the university um, and the program the right way. Uh, that's going to be aligned with the, the mission of the university and the core right. values. Uh, one that's going to make sure that the student experience, a student athlete experience is one that uh, will be great uh, and memorable uh, for each one of those student athletes. One uh, individual that would be committed to graduating every student athlete um, that I'm blessed to coach. Um, one that will surround himself with elite people um, that will also uh, shape these guys for success, not just on the court, but for life. Uh, and that will be committed to winning on and off the floor. Um, and that's going to be an everyday guy, man. Um, that's going to, you know, be a team player, you know, do whatever I can to help the athletic you know, program, and the other athletic teams that's going to support everyone on campus. Uh, it's going to be involved in the community. Um, it's just going to be genuine, man. It's going to be real. I'm going to be an extension of the university and the athletic department and be all about winning. And hopefully a guy that can, you know, either create or sustain winning ways and take it to a whole nother level. Yep. Well said. And you're going to do all those things. Coach. I definitely, definitely believe that. Um, what would advice would you give your younger self? Man, not take so long to, uh, um, not not be so scared to to fail. Um, I would tell my younger self, man, that you know, be confident. You know, um, you put the work in. You study so much. You know, don't don't be scared to to be uh, assertive. Um, and I think it took me. You know, if everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't change anything. But you know, for a younger coach that's listening, man, just trust your gut you know, and, and be assertive, you know, and, you know, I've always been the youngest on my staff. So I've always been worried about stepping on toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you know, working for coach Beard, man, he's challenged me to be the best assistant coach that I can be every day. And it's, and he's empowered me uh, to be myself every day too. So I think some of that, you know, has to take place too. You know, you have to work right. for some, some coaches that genuinely believe in you and want you to do that. Not just, you know, recruit or scout, you know, and, and that, that wants you to be, you know, involved with every aspect of the program and, and not, um, you know, for lack of better words, you know, they, they're, they're confident and they're secure in their own skins right. to allow you to have those relationships with people across campus that ultimately are going to benefit you long-term. So very blessed to work for, for Coach Beard and, and his staff here. Yeah. Amen to that. Yep. Very well said, Coach. Very well said. You killed it on all aspects. You've covered it all. Um, you've definitely given us all access today. I want to end with this question and just tell us about your why and what you want your legacy to be. We've obviously got the inside of who you are, your story, um, so many aspects of what has made you be uh, recognized multiple times on multiple publications for being top 40 under 40. And we know you're a head coach to be very soon. But what would you want your legacy to be? What is your why to why you do this? Uh, again, another layered question, Coach. Um, 
my why is is pretty layered. Uh, my why would obviously be centered around uh, my Lord and Savior. Um, and just, you know, not a lot of people wake up every day, man, to, to get a chance to work in their, their purpose. Um, my family, my wife, uh, my mom and my dad uh, is no longer here, but my, my, my sisters and all of my, my nieces and nephews that I know look up to me. Uh, um, other family members, you know, that I'm able to impact uh, through my work and, you know, um, just being a blessing to others that are around me. Um, the fact that I was an inner city kid in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. from Kings Park Apartments, right off West Boulevard, um, and seeing my mom being kind of the cornerstone of the neighborhood as a librarian and kind of being everybody's mom. Um, and I wasn't an athlete to make it out. I wasn't an NBA player or uh, NFL player. And it's nothing wrong with those guys. Anthony Moore is from the same hood that I'm from. You right. know, so I'm proud of him, you know, to be able to, 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 to get out and make a better life for him and his family. But, you know, there are, are, are young kids out there that are in those 80 cities that need to know that they can be a doctor like my wife, you know, from the pink apartments, you know, in Oak Cliff or from Kings Park. You can grow up and you can aspire to be a coach and impact lives. And if that's what you want to do. You can be anything that you want to be. Um, and so, you know, that's my why, you know, um, I was fortunate, man. My mom exposed me to a lot at an early age. Um, and, and I got a chance to see, you know, um, Dennis, you know, pastors, police officers, teachers, principals, uh, of color, uh, at a young age. And she explained to me, you know, you're, you can be anything that you wanted to be. Um, but you know, a lot of times these kids just aren't exposed to that. Um, and so, um, that's, that's my why, man. I, I, I want to impact all kids that I come in contact with and be memorable. And when I'm dead and gone one day, man, hopefully, you know, there will be people not necessarily crying at my funeral, but celebrating and talking about the impact that I had on their lives. And, and, uh, that's, that's what I want my legacy to be ultimately. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cause we appreciate you so much giving us all the access to your journey, your story, uh, where you've been who you are, where you're going. Um, just hard not to root for a dude that's, that's doing things the way you've done it and is in the place you're in. So excited for you. Had to kick it off with the DFW representing. I appreciate um, you. The only way, man, the only way. So we'll give you the mic, the last words, any last words you have. And for anybody listening, obviously, uh, definitely follow Coach. We'll, we'll give you the plug to how to do that. But uh, more than anything, man, just thank you for coming. Thanks for being our first guest and getting this kicked off with the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll let you close it out. Coach, I just wanted to thank you and all access coaches corner for having me on. Obviously, it's a, it's an honor to be your first guest. Uh, you guys are doing great work, so just wanted to thank you for that. Um, but feel free to follow me on on Twitter or Instagram at coach underscore Maligi, um, M-A-L-I-G-I. Uh, and, you know, uh, shoot me a message. I'll try to get back with you uh, as soon as I can. So. Uh, again, Coach, thank you for again for having me on, man. It's been an honor. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And, and, and guns up after uh, success for the season, man, and the rest of your career. Look forward to you not only doing big things there, but I'm still projecting. Look forward to you doing great things in the rest of your career when you're in that first seat, too. I appreciate you, man. God bless. Okay. Yep, same Amen. to you, man. Amen.